And now for the soft, dulcet tones of our special boy, Michael Lopez. Zero Zero Eight Studios is, you know, just a multi-purpose entertainment studio. We do everything from books, comics, to video games. Not only that, we we sponsor and we encourage, you know, aspiring creatives to do the same. So anybody who who writes, who draws, who has ambitions to create a game, you know, they pitch their ideas, you know, and we we provide not just resources, but you know, training if it's needed, editorial services. Uh, we partner with a lot of other, you know. Businesses and, and freelancers that you know proudly run along with that economic alternative that we're trying to promote. So you know, a lot of the times, from a writing perspective, you have people that go towards a, an agent or some sort of of publicist, and you know, just they get a raw deal. You know, it's not really the best, and they they shy away from it. They try to take it up on their own, and then they end up coming short. So we're just we're here to fill up the gaps, if you will. So you know. I've met too many people that just, you know, have those dreams and then just they get shattered because they get their 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 first, their second, their third, their fourth no, and they just give up. So, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to be a stepping stone. Welcome back, everyone, to the Comicsology Club. It's a podcast where I, Snoop Lynch, and my co-host, Higginstern. Hey, that's me. He's right there every month. We do it together, but not just together this time. We've got, as Higgins said, one special boy back in the hot seat. Hola. Michael Lopez is here. Yeah. Our third and or our third re- repeat guest. He's third. He's, he's a repeat guest, just Higgins. Our um, third one. Our third one? I'm going to let you think, because it looks like <laughs> you're going through a lot right now mentally. Yeah, I think it's three. Yeah. I think he's the third one that we repeated. But he's number one in our hearts because yeah. he sponsors this podcast with his business. And we're Zero greedy Studios. sons of bitches. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All proudly part of 008 Studios, Michael's business. Uh, Michael, you're here for a very special episode. Anyone who listens to this, who has ever listened to this, knows this is a long time coming. We're going to talk about your book that you wrote with your hands, presumably. Unless you... Typewriter? Keypad? Keep that's yeah. pretty good. Oh, you yeah. that one keyboard though that looks like a typewriter. Yeah. So you probably yeah. did some note taking on that. Probably it sounded official. It sounded yeah. really, you know, really old school. Very good. This book looks very official. God, um, I hope it's actually good on the inside. <laughs> you guys are gonna tell me about it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, specifically, we're gonna tell you about the Eternal Crown, Dawning of the Red Sun. Man, you nailed it this time. You got it. You got it last time, and you still have it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the the subtext is facing away from him and even and everything guys yeah i love that for you in case yeah. you needed to say it <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good i got mine right here though too yes uh written by michael lopez art by can you say the artist's name uh, ashley torella torella okay Turella. Yeah. excellent i've got words to say about her and her work later all good if she's listening if she's not then it's still pretty good i'm sure she will be excellent um and if she's definitely not it's horrible <laughs> <laughs> before we go into the book itself though uh tell us Obviously, you've done this book that we'll talk about today, and you've got another one in the works. But like, kind of what what's floating around the think tank these days? What do you got on on the burner right so, now? So, uh, not only working on the sequel to this book, but I got two other books that have already been outlined. Um, it, the schedule is, is kind of you know it's uh, it's not anything set in stone right now, but. The sequel to this one's going to come out first. I, I got a sci-fi that I'm planning that's probably going to run tandem with a, a visual novel. 
So the idea is to like have the QR code to download the game inside the book, which is going to be interesting. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I have a third book that comes after that. Um, and the idea is to kind of just work on them in parallel so they can knock them out back to back. But I'm also working with a uh, a small uh, development group uh, called Team Gravity. You know, shout out to Team Gravity if you're listening. Um, but they're working on a video game and I'm doing a little bit of writing for them as well. So should be really interesting. It's uh, the first, you know, sponsored event on Zero Zero Studio. So I'm proudly, you know, supporting and and advertising that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, super exciting stuff. I think right now, though, that's really about it. Um, I have, like I said, I partner with a lot of freelancers, but most of them are illustrators and editors. So they're just kind of standing by for everything that kind of flows down. Excellent. And yeah, I didn't know about the video game thing. That's that's excellent because I know that was kind of your original plan for your business anyway was yeah. to be going to video game development. So that's really exciting to hear about. I'm excited to eventually uh, see some comics come out of there as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, some pictures, even yeah. more pictures. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Kind of going into that, like this is the first. We, we read short stories for that one Halloween episode and like Higgins is better at reading books without pictures than I am. Like I suck at it. I'm but a big, big fan. Big he's fan. big, big, big fan. Uh, I will say though, like it's just a word of praise from me, which means absolutely nothing to you probably. But this book, The Eternal Crown, Dawning of the Red Sun Higgins. You see it? It's right there. No, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, there it is. Still, yeah. still right there. Um, <laughs> I think the biggest thing I'm going to give you praise for is sponsoring this podcast, but also <laughs> readability. Readability, yes. It, the pacing of this book is very well done, and that's very interesting considering the amount of characters that you've juggled here in a first book. Now, I haven't read a real book, I don't even know when. Like, if it doesn't have pictures for the majority, I can't tell you when I read it, but it's just not my thing. You know, I, I read very slow. I'm going to tell you right now, Snoop, I stopped reading another book so I could read this book in the middle, and now I'm back to reading the other book. I know. How's he do it? I kind of want to read another book right now so I could, that I can read in between reading the other book. My, uh, <laughs> just in my... case I get bored with the first book. I also watch TV and movies. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. I'm a full-time job. <laughs> but, but we'll get that to that later. How's he doing? Yeah, when, when do you work? <laughs> He doesn't. He's doing this all at his job. And he only feels confident enough to say that because he knows no one listens to it. That would rat him out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the pacing of the story, very well done for a lot of characters. And knowing you personally, I guess this is the first time I've ever reviewed a book that I knew the person who wrote the book. But one thing that I noticed kind of pretty early on when reading about these characters, um, which... I guess let's give a synopsis for the book. We didn't do a good job of that last time. I'm not going to say it's Michael's fault for not writing a synopsis in the book. I feel like I should have to say something like that. There's but a synopsis for the second book. There is a synopsis for the second book, yes. Uh, but Michael, since you're here, give us your best synopsis for your book. There's a lot going on in it. But the, the, the main story is that you have uh, three kingdoms that are uh, you know, essentially at war. One that's trying to keep the peace but has its own agenda. One that's very war oriented, and the other one that just enjoys its 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 peace. They're very uh, you know religion oriented, and uh, the story takes place. So the main character, uh, Myra, who is um, you know the the cleric to be, who is supposed to be ascending pretty soon, uh, is basically inheriting you know just a whole bunch of troubles. You know. Um, you have the peacekeepers who aren't really trustworthy. Um, and then you have, you know, the, the, this foreign nation that was, you know, an ancient enemy of theirs that's just amping up their, their, 
their eagerness for war. You know, they're, they're very bloodthirsty at the moment. And so, you know, her father, who is the current cleric, is, you know, trying to set up a, a, a quote unquote tournament. It's really more of a showing uh, for who he's already selected, but a tournament to uh, select a retainer for her, you know, somebody that can, you know, stand by her side, you know, after they're gone. Uh, and essentially the, the tournament just goes to crap. You know, there's, uh, you know, interference from one of the nations. I'm not going to say which yet, uh, but there's interference from one of the nations. A few people die. And at the very end, you know, she just, everything just falls on her lap and she just has to deal with it. And that's one of the major conflicts that she has while she's part of a very prestigious family. She always has doubt about whether she can measure up to, you know, previous, you know, clerics and whatnot. So it's a bit of the up uh, about her uprising and the troubles that follow it. That's a pretty good synopsis. Uh, for the most part, like I take this as like a first book, like it normally is. It's introducing our our main cast of characters to us. It's telling us why we should uh why our heartstrings should be tugged if something happened to them, or or hate them if we're supposed to hate them. Yeah, like if one kicks a puppy. Yeah, you know he's the bad guy. And like I'm not saying that's what happens in this. I don't want to say anything, but like. At least three puppies get kicked, guys. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Michael, but something broke. Yeah. Uh, talking a bit about these characters, though, what was the? This is your first book, not just for you, but also your business. So, why this story? Like, kind of what made you? Because I know you had a couple different ideas in in the works when I originally talked to you way back when. So, what made you go? Okay, this is the debut. I'm not really sure. Why the story? I think it's more, you know, just this was the farthest one along that one I could pick up and run with. Um, most of the ideas that I've had, I've had for years. It's just, you know, I haven't really had the time to sit down and polish them enough to the point where I'm comfortable enough to, you know, put it out to the world. And I, I just I picked the one that was furthest along. I polished it. Uh, I wrote it. And before I knew it, I had, you know, uh 80,000 80, words, I think is what it what it ended up being. It's more words than I've ever yeah. written in my entire life. <laughs> or said. So, or said. <laughs> and that's saying something. So then, you know, afterwards, I just kind of, you know, took that leap of faith, sent it out to, you know, an editor or two, two editors for this one, took their advice into consideration, rewrote a few bits, fixed it up, and then uh, I sat on it for a few months. I, I'm not going to lie. I was just kind of like, eh, you know, it's done. I'm waiting on illustrations, but, you know, like I could really, really work with what I have. It's like a chicken sitting on her egg. He just had to let it cook a little bit. Yeah, so, so the baby came out, right? <laughs> eventually. The, the baby the, did it come out right? <laughs> eventually. The book, the book. Oh, my goodness. Not the egg. <laughs> Metaphors, am I right? Are you okay? <laughs> you have only had like, I haven't even finished a whole drink yet, guys. This is just coming off the dome. Let's talk about whatever it is ha is happening to you in a second. <laughs> No, but I, I sat for it for a while and eventually the last bit of the illustrations came and I said, you know what, let's do it. And then I just clicked the button and it went everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's on, it's physically available, Books A Million, it's available on my site and in all the other major platforms, Amazon, I, whatever the equivalent is of iTunes, iBooks or whatever. They, they, I think it's just books now. They yeah. like separated everything. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's in the Google store. It's, it's everywhere. Um, I just bought two copies at Barnes & Noble just the other night. Nice. So other people can Wait, read so it. Wait, so that's what I was about. Is it available? So is it Books A Million or Barnes & Noble? Both Barnes & Noble. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Barnes & Noble, not Books A Million. Worry, I, got, I got us in here. Yeah. Thank nice. you. Thank goodness Bar I bought Barnes two Barnes & Noble copies. does the print on demand, which I think is a, a fabulous deal for everybody that's starting off. Oh, nice. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, you know, that way you don't have to order a hundred copies and just sit on them until you finally sell them. You just, you know, tell people to go in Barnes and Nobles and they print it for you per order. So just imagine if you had like a hundred unsold copies, we could build like a fort here. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would be cool. We could have built his table instead of bringing this very large one <laughs> that he had to awkwardly sit behind. Hold on, my microphone's falling down again. I don't know what's going on with that thing. It I don't. I can't twist. Mess. I can't it's weird. Twist it only it happens harder. to that one. I'll have to like tighten that bolt one Sorry. day. Yeah. Just yeah, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Um, so you can get it from any and all those places, and of course your own site, mm-hmm. which was a great place to buy it. Yeah, I think that's it, where I bought it. And then you can see all the other nice things you have to offer. Yeah, one of the your, things I forgot to mention about everything else that's going on, I'm also working with uh, uh, an artist that's done like canvas paintings. Oh, so her work is is there as well on my site. If anyone's interested, uh, then we got uh, you know some of the partnerings that I'm doing shirts and, and buttons and a whole bunch of other merchandise for the studio. But that's supporting them, not so much myself. You know, they're they're making it. You know, I'm not really. I don't really have a hand in it. It's just me. You know, broadcasting. It's it's more like a a billboard, but for your body, <laughs> kind of. Oh my goodness, that explains all the tattoos you want. <laughs> with you. No, but it, it's it's more like you know, just trying to get their name out there as well. So yeah, and of course, I'll leave a link to your website in the podcast description below. Assuming that anyone ever reads what Higgins writes, and then the links that I leave. You'd yeah. like to imagine at least like one person. Right? At least one, because I like I put my heart and soul into it. <laughs> in yeah. the thirty seconds that I think of it, There's in a way, it's your own eternal crown donning of the red sun. <laughs> yeah. There's always at least one. That's uh, that's the advice <laughs> that I always got. Good. Um, all right, Higgins. Clearly, you're feeling yourself in all different kinds of ways over there. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the drink? I would love for you to talk about the. Can drink. Can I ask him one question before we get to the drink? It's a small, small one. Like, how small? It. How small? Is it Craig or Craig? I was I was reading it as Craig because it had a K in front of it, and I just felt like it sounded more exotic you know, if I said it Craig. Writing, reading, it's all subjective. I I've wrote it as Craig, but if you want Craig and put a little bit of exotic, oh, I got in you it, Craig yeah. at Craig Craig or Craig tomatoes, tomatoes, potatoes, yeah, yeah exactly. potatoes, all yeah. that jazz. And those are one of like the the different like people's factions, whatever you. That's want the to war. Call. That's the warring country. They, they're like the Vikings, I guess. I would. Kind of yeah, they're they're kind of a Viking nation. And I haven't really gotten to they're you know the describing. North? Yeah, I haven't really gotten to describing their culture yet. Um, but they're they're very Viking ish like. Yeah. Um. Then you have uh the Dragon's Dominion, who's all all kind of like you know uh, an empire, if you will. I, I guess the closest thing you can get to is Roman, except their armor is nowhere near the same. Yeah. And then you have uh Ezra. Um, who is you know uh, the the clergy faction the uh, the one that Myra belongs to? Mm-hmm. They know and they're magic. they're kind of just kind of like a feudal type deal. I like the dynamic between the the, um, the people of Ezra. So the souls is our main focus on them, and then the uh, dragons dominion the empire because it's this kind of reluctant servitude. It seems like to that empire just because it's what's been happening, and they're still obviously much more powerful in terms of you know numbers and and resources. But they're clearly also just like, well, what if we did our own little thing over here? Like they have the um the un- uh, I say Mira and Myra, whatever. Myra. Myra. Yeah. So Myra's uncle is the head of, of the Elkiori. The Elkiori, which is this like secret group of soldiers, like the elites, and no one outside of I guess Ezra is supposed to know about them, which is obviously a big red flag to the Empire if they were to ever find out. So I like the kind of I hate politics, but I like kind of the just the sneaking around and the the bickering and the back and forth of just like, well, I kind of hate you, but I can't just outright say it, so I'm gonna be doing my own thing over here. And 
they know that they're doing it anyway, but they're just like, ah, this is fine. It fits our, our means to an end and it's no big deal. So I, I think all of that's really well done. Like I said, with your writing, one thing I noticed having, you know, known you and heard you say words and show your personality, which I wouldn't let anyone do on this podcast, but for you, it's okay. <laughs> but one thing I noticed is that I don't see any of you in these characters really. Like in a sense that I don't get kind of taken out of the immersion of the story. So I think you did a really good job kind of, it's a lot of characters to juggle. I mean, you've got Myers, I guess your main character, but then you also have the twins, um, Koro and, and Kira. Koro and mm-hmm. Kira. Koro and Kira. Yeah. Yes. And so those are like your three main focus and they're all so distinct in their personalities. I mean, Kira doesn't even speak. She's mute. So she signs. And I, I think that's just a really, it's interesting to read. It's fun. There's also like a lot of serious undertones and everything that's happening. And then of course you have the really interesting element of this, which is our main three characters are, are kids and they're coming up in this world that they're slowly finding more and more stuff out about it. Like the twins more so they've been kind of sheltered their whole lives from their father who loves them, but also kept them out of a lot of stuff that he probably should have gotten them ready for. Yeah. No, man, he was just, he was thinking they're never going to be a part of it. And, uh, he was wrong. What are you going to do? Parents, right? It's hard. Yeah. They're just people at the end of the yeah. day, Higgins. Even yeah, your dad. Pe- yeah. Even my dad. Yeah. Sometimes. So before we go down this rabbit hole. Yeah, I'm going to do the drink now. I didn't yeah. I didn't know that Craig or Craig was going to lead us down such a long, long, long <laughs> thing. I was just trying to get clarification. But yeah. Do you think that there's a guy named Craig that's part of the Craig? I'm not going to answer that question. It's definitely do you think he spells it with a C? <laughs> You'd have to, right? Yeah. It'd be too confusing otherwise. Yeah, I'm Craig. I'm Craig from. I'm Craig from Craig. Yeah. Or I'm Craig from Craig. Sorry, I get them mixed up. Um, what else did you mix up over there? I made a drink. It's uh, called the Puesta de Sol, and I just picked it because it had the word soul in it, and the soul is the main people and like thorn slice that we have in here because we use garnishes now, folks. Uh, it kind of looks like a sun, if you think about it. And if, you, I, if you really just, look at and it, and I yeah. just thought it, thought if you, about if it. you drink a lot of it and then you really look at it, it looks a lot more like a sun. The more you yeah. drink, I mean, it's yeah. just like our orange circle, and yeah. that's what a sun is. So, it's a good drink. Uh, I used Don Julio Reposada tequila. That's right, folks. Don Julio Reposada tequila, and uh, some ground turmeric. Wait, what was it? Um, it's it was actually a Don Julio Reposada tequila. <laughs> Thank goodness for our sponsorship. Thank yeah. you guys. <laughs> It's going to have two sponsors in one episode, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so it's that. And then uh, turmeric, some ground turmeric, uh, some orange juice, three parts of that to the one and a half parts of the tequila, a dash of orange blossom water. I used orange curacao as a substitute because it said I could on the internet. And then some crushed red peppercorns. Mm -hmm. And you just shake it vigorously and then... You have a drink, and then you put an orange slice in there if you're fancy like us. Yeah. Just don't ever shake like that in front of children. I yeah. hate to have to call someone. I think if you do it above your head, it's fine. I think so, yeah. Yeah, you were saying that this is the first drink you've done with, like, spices. Oh, yeah. And it ended up, bravo, Nailing it. kudos. Nailing it. Yeah. It's pretty good. I mean, I haven't had heartburn like this since we did that Bloody Mary episode, <laughs> but it's definitely, you know, it's it's a better kind of heartburn. Is than- your guy's tongue, like, doing, a, like, a like a weird thing right now? Like, mine's a little Mine's like, doing a little cartwheels. Numb. Mine's a little bit of a like a numbing sensation to it. I feel that. Maybe you can finally roll your R's now. <laughs> Whoa, uh, we're gonna we put go. a little more orange juice and tequila in this. 
Because okay. uh, you mean in you, right? Yeah, and me inside this glass. I wasn't gonna put more spices because I feel like there's plenty of those bad boys still in this cup. Okay, gotcha. Would anyone else like a top off? Sure. Yeah. yeah why not? Well, so we'll, we'll get it going after that, though. You've got Obi Wan to watch, Higgins. We are back from our refill break. Right. No. We're it. back. Hopefully, it's as good as the first time. I'm sure. It Did is. you make it? I made it. Well then, sure. It's at least a little bit fine. Then it'll get the <laughs> job done. Higgins, your bartending skills have improved tenfold since we started this podcast. Don't sell your uh, don't sell yourself short. I'll never sell myself short. Good, good. Because you're only like five seven, so there's not much shorter you can go. Five six, actually. Nailed okay. it. <laughs> I, I doubt that I'm taller than you. Five so seven I, with shoes. So. Double check that. <laughs> Do you wear uh, uh, you wear some boots though? They probably give you a little bit of inches actually, on these, them. These are just high tops. Oh, yeah. If, they're uh, very nice. Thank you. <laughs> if and when our person that does our Wikipedia gets on there. Now he knows where to put my height at. <laughs> but never your weight. Yeah, never my weight. Because you're a lady. A lady you never tell tells. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Higgins, I've been, I've been talking up a store and asking Michael questions. Is there anything you wanted to ask him about the book or, or characters or, or anything else of the like? Uh, yeah. Um, 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 I, mm, I'm going to talk talk out about stuff, and then hopefully a question comes to my brain when I'm thinking when I'm out there thinking about it. Oh, your usual technique. Very yeah, yeah. good. So, um... I'm a big, big fan of the anime, and uh, one of my favorite kinds of anime involves a tournament arc. And so when I saw them leading up to a tournament, I was pretty pumped. <laughs> oh, I do have a question now. How hard is it to write fighting scenes? Because like, there's a good number of them in there, and they all felt like they flowed pretty well. I was never confused as to what our characters were doing in them. You know, believe it or not, that was actually one of the hardest things. To, like, That's one of my favorite things to do, but it was yeah. one of the hardest, because when it went through editing the first time, you know, developmental and, and we had to fill in the, the, the plot holes, if you will. One of the critiques that I got was that there was one fight scene in particular, which I think, I think was the, the second Kira's fight scene in the tournament. She okay. fights the yeah, mountain yeah. at one point. Yeah. Like the, oh, that was the her first one. Yeah. The very, that was the first, the very first one. So the, very, the very first one in the tournament was supposedly was the, one of the better ones. And then the, there was a fight in the forest that happened that was, you know, kind of the same. Oh, you yeah, that a secret then. But all the other ones that I got were, they, they told me, you know, they were flat. Right. Okay. I was just like, okay, well then what do you mean? And they were like, oh, well, you know, it was just a sequence of events. There was no thought process. There was no explanation for anything. So I had to take the two, which by the way, came just flowed. Like I had honestly, it just, it came to mind and I just put it on paper and I didn't really know the, the ins and outs until after the editing, but I had to take those two and then just kind of mirror the, uh, I guess the the reflections, if you will, like, like the, what the person's thinking about exactly, while they're like fighting, why they're doing X, Y, and Z, and all that stuff, and then kind of slap it onto the other ones, and then eventually, like, I went through a second phase of developmental editing, and he was like, oh, this is way better. So, um, to answer the question, it was difficult just because it was the first time that I was doing it, but yeah. I think now that I have it, it should be. You have the sailing. idea how yeah. to make it right. That's what I always liked about books and their fighting fighting scenes is like. You can you can make a movie or TV show all day, and you're just gonna see them out there swinging swords. But like nine times out of ten, you see a fight scene in a book, they're gonna be thinking about their next move and like thinking about like, oh god dang, that was a hard hit. How am I supposed to make it through this fight? You just get like so much more like emotion and character out of a fight scene than you do yeah. in other media. Yeah, especially and I felt this, it in this one. Yeah, well, especially in this this setting, I think that's why I enjoy tournament arcs and and I watch an anime as well, Higgins. But I think why I enjoy them as much as I do is because 
the sole purpose of a tournament arc in anime as you do that on purpose you son of a bitch (laughs) sole purpose yeah the sole purpose of of a tournament arc in anime is for character development and it works the same way here and you have a lot of kind of fun dynamics and, and bouts with this uh the biggest one for me is is the first fight with Kira, the girl, and then um this kind of big hulking mountain guy, Roxy. With the, Roxy, with I did enjoy that from Kate from Kata or something like that from Cade. Yeah, yeah. Cade. So that's a great matchup because one that should scare her, but obviously it doesn't because that's her personality. Nothing intimidates her. She's just that confident in her abilities, and then you get to see her back that up and just trounce this guy and. You have similar moments with uh, her brother after that. So I think, like, same thing when I said with the pacing. It's just a good back and forth and a good way to develop these characters quickly because you do have so many that you need to juggle. Was that difficult for you to kind of, okay, I'm going to do this character and then I'm going to switch over to this character and do things with these characters? Like, what made you kind of... That's a challenge, I imagine, for you. Yeah, it, the, one of the challenging things there is avoiding what's called... Uh, it could be considered character hopping. And that's when, you know, you you have a character and that person is thinking and then you hop to another character and then that thought seems like it could come from either one. And it falls in other, you know, instances as well. But it was a challenge to hop from character to character and avoid that that issue. So I think I nailed it to where I could identify what thought belonged to what character. One of the books that I read that uh, is is notorious for it but does it in a very well, you know, very well is Dune. So I tried to kind oh, of yeah. just, you know, do a similar job. And I, I think I got it. There may be a few instances here and there, but I mean, there, there's risks that I can live with. I mean, as far as the, the reading and reading wise and readability of all that, I mean, I never didn't know who was saying what. And if I ever got confused, I would like go back one step and then be like, okay, I see where I like got a little crossed up and uh was able to figure out who was saying, saying what. Yeah. I agree. I don't think it was ever, and that's a lot of times what hurts me when reading just a novel is hopping between characters and, and like, did this person say this? Or this doesn't sound like this person. Oh, it's because it was actually this person and I missed it. Same thing as Higgins said. I didn't have a problem with it overall. And if I did slip up, it was easy to just like trace back a sentence or two and be like, oh, okay, it's it's this. This is what's happening. And very well done on, on that, Thank I'd you. say. Similar to that is like uh, another thing I like what what books do and what you did, at least towards the end there. uh, You'll see a scene play out from one perspective and it's like, okay, that's this family and they're watching it from up here in the stands or somewhere in the forest or something like that. And then you'll get like, all right, you'll get through that five minute scene and then you're back at the front of the five minute scene from the perspective of the people in a different location. And you see how they're pass immediately like um, eventually cross when they do cross at the end of that i don't know if that makes sense or not kind of like how like you were saying that it would start would say like the soul family yeah but then they would jump to the kira and cora story and then somehow they intersect they converge yeah And, and it's not you're not confused at any point of like wait is this where we catch back up or are we still in the past like you don't have that issue i don't think at all with with these sequences happening especially towards the end because towards the end is where it really starts to kind of like you amp up kind of that like bouncing back and forth between different plot lines because they're all in the same area at this point. And so something that would normally be confusing in the hands of like a weaker writer, you handled pretty well, I think. We haven't really talked about her a lot, but I think for me, one thing that did help a lot with certain scenes and kind of set the tone 
was your art, which I think was a really good thing to throw in here. You use it sparingly, but because of that, each page has impact. And we talked about um our last episode that Higgins and I did, we talked about Ghost World. And one complaint I had about that book was the art. Like, I don't really remember anything from the art. Obviously, with this, it's easier for me because there's less pictures, but they're so vivid in in my mind. Can you tell us more about kind of how you met with Ashley and kind of how you guys approached this style? Because this wasn't, this before I saw the first picture, this wasn't the, the look I, I thought you were going to go for. And I'm glad it wasn't because I did enjoy how it turned out. Yeah. yeah. Well, one, thank you. Uh, I'm sure she, you know, enjoys the praise as well. Uh, but essentially what we did is we, we were on Discord, and it's really what I use. And uh, I told her, hey, this is what I have in mind. This is how the page reads. This is the scene that I'm imagining, you know. And I kind of gave her kind of like free reigns, autonomous, you know, just draw what you can. And then if I have an issue with something, I'll let you know and then you can change it. So um, she did a, a ton, a ton of line art. And uh, we went through the process of saying, yay, nay, this is why nay, this is why yay. Uh, and then like every now and then she'd come back and say, well, you know, if we do it this way, you know, you run the risk of, you know, running into this issue. And then like I had to kind of be like, all right, well, I see what you're doing. Keep going. And then, you know, we'll see where it goes. Right. And a lot of the pictures that she um, ended up like delivering the final products, it you know, beyond what I had initially imagined. So, you know, kudos to her. I, I think she tremendous artist. And this is, you know, just a start for her. Yeah. She's only like, what, 14, 15, we're 15 now. Um, but when we were working on this initially, you know, 14 and, you know, this is the beginning of her portfolio. I think it's, you know, tremendous job. Um, and that that's really kind of the, the spirit of the studio, you know, kind of bringing up the aspiring uh, creators instead of just, you know, throwing it to the professionals again. And nothing wrong with professionals or professionals for a reason. But, you know, we got to bring up the next generation. But, you know, awesome job. I'm, I'm super happy with the way it turned out. Um, she's actually working again on the art for the sequel and then one of the other projects that I have. So, yeah. you know, she's she's building up. And uh, so, Snoop, how would you describe the style of these uh, pictures that you're seeing? I mean, I have an idea of what I think they might be, but sounds like, like you want to go ahead and say that. No, I want you to say it first. because <laughs> I wanted to ask a question. You guys want to play rock, paper, scissors? You want me to here? like stammer now that you've like hit me with this question. You want me to come up with an answer that sounds insightful and like I thought about it. Yeah. I mean, I can just say mine like two word, like, like kind of idea of what I think they are. Okay. Well, you say your two word thing and then I'll like give you some kind of sign that like it was a similar thing I was going to say. Computer or- watercolors. That was not what I was going to say. Does that make but, sense, though? Because it's <laughs> it, kind of like a like a, a loose brushstrokey kind of vibe to it. I agree. I didn't think of it like that, but I guess for me, like thinking of it now, the tone I kind of got from it changed the tone of, of the book a lot of ways for me in, in the action and more of the serious moments. I kind of thought it reminded me of, say, like a um, like an Avatar, the last Airbender kind of vibe and kind of like it's just the fluidness of, of the, the action scenes that were drawn. And it does kind of have like this cartoonish nature to it, but that's what I thought. Like when I think of, of that kind of style, I, I did think anime, but like not quite anime at the same time. So I thought avatar, the last airbender, you know, it's very, the, the characters in that, in that show, like the models and everything are very like, they've got this elasticity to them. And, and they all got their own look. Like I was never confused being like, okay, which characters am I looking at in this art thing? They all very much are their own characters. Yeah. And I think that also has to do with the placement of these drawings because a lot of times, like, I'd have a question of, 
you're describing like a city or a person. And I'm like, I wonder what this person's supposed to look like. Turn the page right there. I'm like, oh, excellent. This is what I need. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Cause like I have like a thing in my brain that just like doesn't let me think of any character other than like, I may be able to know that you're white and you have the color hair that he told me. But be beyond that, after I've read your initial description, you're just white guy with blue hair. Sorry. I don't know what exactly you look like in the middle, but you're white guy with blue hair and you're my main character now, white guy with blue hair. Just to be clear, you know that the main character is a red or a girl with red hair, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. but like that's because that's because I have a picture. I just want to make sure we were on the same page. Well, that's just be, you know, that's because I got a picture in oh. front of me. I I read I read her description and I was like, "Okay, white girl with red hair." And then I was like, "Turn the next page and there she was, white girl with red hair, but also purple like violet eyes." Uh, you know, the shape of her face. Like, I was never at a loss for what I needed to know visualizing the scenes, kind of. Even without the pictures. I was able to see them a little bit easier. Well, thank you. What's uh, Koro, though? Do you know from, like, Hunter Hunter? What's his name? The Shocky Boy. He kind of reminds me. Koro. Yeah, Koro kind of reminds me of that kind of vibe. I guess we haven't really asked him, like, what kind of influences did you have going into creating this world and these for, characters? Okay, so... Uh, I can't go into all the influences, but um, no, we you can. We got time. We'll wait. Well, no, I'm not going to. Oh, go into okay. All the well, that's different. That's different. <laughs> I just want to make. I want to make sure you knew that you could if you wanted to. That's yeah. all. So, uh, Koro and Kira, believe it or not, were actually the first characters that I came up with, and like I said, they they've been existing for years, uh, and they they actually like when when I first started writing, they had their own, you know, like I was planning on doing two separate stories, you know, one for one for each. Uh, and then I eventually just said, you know, it'd be really cool if I just put them together, made you know? them twins. Exactly. Um, and that opened up the world, the, the world for a, a ton of symbolism and, you know, a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, just kind of fell into the, my lap afterwards. But like all those dreams that we saw that I'm not going to describe now. So the people have to read the book. <laughs> yeah, those um but uh you know myra um i've i I don't know what it is i've always had kind of like a soft spot for like a a a heroine if you will i did notice a lot of strong female leads and yeah like i don't don't know i don't know what it is like i i like you know movies like you know tomb raider and and you know uh what's her name lady brienne from um game of thrones yeah lady brienne from game of thrones uh it's funny. I watched like the animated film of the animated Disney Hercules from like way in the nineties. Mm. Right. And I just thought, man, you know, switch it up a little bit. And, and you know, nothing wrong with the way they did Hercules, Hercules, you know, being a, a mythical story. Um, but it's just, I just have a, a soft spot for, 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 you know, female leads. Uh, and then not all of my stories have them, but I've figured that with this being the debut, it would be a good choice since, you know, that's something that I've had in my mind for a while now. And hey, man, I don't think you're going to end up on like the subreddit men writing women. So you're probably fine. I hope not. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't hear anything about like the the rolling mountains and the, the curves of her body or anything like yeah, that. So no, I think you're, I, I, think I, you're I tried safe. to I tried to stay away from that and just, you know, focus on on more like the, the leadership roles and whatnot. Yeah. So it's just I don't know. I, I hope I did a good job with it. Um, But Myra was always kind of. The name was was new, but the the character itself was always something that I thought about. You know, Koro and Kira, same. Uh, the only newer influences, uh, one of the the antagonists, uh, well, two of the antagonists, Kai and Yan, who are the mains. Oh yeah. Um, Yan was a uh, kind of a name that I got from one of my old sailor buddies. 
And he is, he was, I imagine, an aspiring writer, you know, kind of fell into the same category where he just kind of didn't do anything with it. So I just said, can I take it? He's like, yeah, sure. Why not? So um, I made Jan kind of in the image that he described. Uh, and then Kai kind of like the the secondary kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the Jan to be, if you will. Yeah. Kind of like his like, most trusted lieutenant. Yeah. And, and like if something were to happen to the emperor, he would be the second in command type deal. Um, but I tried to make Myra kind of like the, the light of the world, you know, hope, single hope, kind of like the, the typical hero. Kind of like the sun. Yeah. Thank, some might thank you. Say. Yeah. Um, and then Kai, it the exact opposite, you know, Kai is supposed to represent everything that she's not. Yeah. He's so, the shadow that that's why he shadows. Exactly. Yeah. That's why he's shadow. <gasps> yeah. See, we're clicking. Metaphors. <laughs> now we're back. Yeah. So, I mean, it's my favorite part of the podcast where Higgins like realizes something <laughs> while we're talking about it. Like, yeah. My God, like the book and the thing. Yeah. So a lot of the characters draw, you know, have existed, but, you know, some of them draw, you know, outside influences from, you know, other people. Uh, the kingdoms themselves, I, I kind of did the same thing. One's supposed to be really light. One's supposed to be really dark. Uh, and then the peacekeepers and the peacekeepers, peacekeepers are supposed to seem very normal. But they're not. They have their own hidden agenda. And I might I might have gone a little dark with them. But, um, you know, the, the point is that, you know, you have, like you said, one that's reluctantly serv- in, in servitude to the other. And I can talk about that because it, it's actually part of the prologue. Essentially, what happens is that these these two kingdoms, you know, Ezra and Craig are at war. Craig is demolishing it. Um, and, you know, they, they each represent a god. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So you have uh, one god that usurped the you know the main god and, and took control and then you have the other god who's trying to take control from that god so that initial war is supposed to be you know the dark side winning if you will and uh a group of you know people that broke away from both both of those you know nations created their own faction called the dragon's dominion with no gods with no gods they they're they just do not believe in in following these deities because all that following these deities have led to is blood and death well, also, too, it seems like they kind of have, at least with the current emperor, he has this hubris that's just like, no, I'm the real god here. Exactly. I'm the one so, who matters. Yeah. So, you know, they, they have this this mentality where they're the ones that ended the war. They're the ones that beat both sides back. They're the ones that keep the peace. And it's just them. They're the ones that did it. So they have this idea where, you know, we're going to be peacekeepers for now. You know, they're not telling, you know, they have their own agenda, but they're going to be peacekeepers for now. And over time, they're just going to make it to where, sure, you can believe in your deities, but all the praise should come to the people that actually keep you alive, which is us. Mm-hmm. So, and then it's just this, this book, while it's a good introductory to the world that I've created and kind of like, you know, just kind of the tempo, keep how it started and how it ended in mind because everything is a mirror in this series, right? So you may see... Not this particular scale, but you may see the same domino effects on a grander scale, if you will. So, yeah. I'll see. Yeah, I'll never remember that by the time we have read the second book. That's well, fine. not Just if you listen to this again. Not oh, if you keep drinking my, the way you're, right. you're doing. <laughs> it's only my second drink. It's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Besides, like that, that peppercorn probably burns away most of the alcohol. Yeah. yeah. It is really numbing my tongue. Mm. Uh, ba ba ba. I had I had something. I had something. I was gonna ask. How did you like writing a an evil character? Because honestly, like Lord Kai, kind of sent some shivers down my spine every now and again. That's 
Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. That's He's probably, a very creepy dude. Yeah, that's that's the greatest compliment, you know, for a character so far. But that was probably the most fun. Yeah. yeah. It's like just him sitting in a bar talking to a guy. I was like, I would hate to be this guy right now talking to this man. He probably has my personal favorite introduction to one, the characters in this book. And just I love seeing him show up in the following chapters just because and then this is meant as a compliment. In a lot of ways, he feels like a character from a completely different story just because we don't really get like a whole lot about him right now. Like we understand kind of what makes him tick and what he's after, but he has powers that no one else seems to have. He can do things that no one else can do and nothing's really a challenge for him. So when he shows up that first time, I got a lot of like, oh, this is like the scene in Lord of the Rings where Aragorn's in the corner or whatever and he's having, you know, having a pint and then it just all goes to shit and you're like, oh wait, no, this guy's bad news yeah. and I don't know what he's going to do next or what he's even capable of doing. And he's got a shadow dude with him. And he has a shadow dude with him and that's pretty tight. Named Ikor. <laughs> that's what I called it at least. Yeah, I- Ikor, Ikor, yeah. If you look up the name and a lot of the names, uh, not all of them, but a lot of names have, you know, meaning Ikor is supposed it. to be kind of like what runs through a god's veins. Yeah, like a black, uh, oh. the black uh, gelatinous kind of, no, so not gelatinous. Like Jello, something like that. Black Jello. Yeah, black Jello, but mm-hmm. like, but like more viscous, like ethereal type. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna run around the table and then we'll hit a review up, maybe. Oh, I'm on one thing. If you're cool with that, if that sounds all right to you, if that sounds like a good plan for us. I'm not gonna lie. You're asking me a lot of questions, which is giving me anxiety. So I'm gonna let you do what you want to do. I'm just going to ask you one, like all three of us, one question. Uh, who's your favorite character and why? Who's and, my favorite character and why? Yeah. Okay. Uh, wow. Damn, me first too? Gosh. Yeah, I like you guys like pressuring the, me today. I like putting you on the spot. I, I don't know. I guess if I had to pick one, I'd say Kira. But honestly, I think I just enjoy the twins as like a, as a dynamic the most, like just to see the interactions between them. Um, like I said, Kira is interesting to me because one her being mute seems like it'd be a challenge for you to write, but, and for me to read and understand or it'd be kind of annoying, but it's not. And I think a lot of your kind of just going around your dialogue and how these characters speak too. This is a fantasy book, but you know, some people go too far when they write fantasy characters and their dialogue and everything. It's just like these days, I don't want to have to learn a different like dialect to understand what this person's saying. And there's no issue with that here. And I thought there might be an issue with having a mute character communicate. And it's just a lot of like, Oh, this person doesn't understand only this person understands her, but she's very just kind of, she's playful, but deadly and innocent and fierce at the same time. Like I think she has the most just interesting character traits given her description and disability essentially, but it doesn't slow her down. And yeah, so I think that's that would probably be my favorite character. Plus, she's got a bow, and she's real good with it. Like, at one point, she just shoots a guy, like, through some shoulders a bunch of times. I'm, I'm here for it. Nice. I am going to say Kira, and I it's funny because I texted Michael, like, after I finished, like, the first, like, like I think it was, like, the second chapter. And I was like, I really like Kira. I really like Kira. And he's like, man, a lot of people really like Kira. Got her number? <laughs> and uh and then like it's it's funny because I was like normally like you read your characters you like get your initial impressions and like maybe that changes along the way but like she steadily stayed my like favorite one to read throughout she was very fun loving and it's like she has like almost 
like an avatar, like main character kind of feel where she's poppy and upbeat and like outgoing, even though she is signing. But you can tell there's like a, a really big punch behind her that we don't really see all that often. But when we do see it, you're like, God, she can really do some damage. Well, I think what's interesting about her in like the tournament arc, especially, is she has probably the most distinct fighting style because everyone's using swords and or big hammers and, and magic, and she's just a girl with a bow. And it's almost like this relentless fury of attacks, and it overwhelms a lot of people that she's fighting. And so yeah, I think that's what makes her interesting in that that whole little chapter, a couple chapters at, at least. But yeah, just the dynamic between her and her brother. Because her brother is obviously, he's got like that older brother mentality of like, I want to look after my sister. But at the same time, it's like, he knows I don't really need to look after her because she's probably better than me. <laughs> so I, I but th- not to say that he isn't great in his own right, because he has to go toe to toe with, uh, with Myra, who Myra is a, a great character too. We haven't really talked about her a ton, but I think she has a lot to kind of see still and, and watch her grow because she has the most responsibility put on her shoulders. And what I like about that is I've seen that done in books before and you don't fall into the same, I guess, like traps or or tropes that um, some people do when they write that kind of story is she's not arrogant. She's very well aware of her abilities, but she's also she knows she has a lot to live up to. And while she's nervous, she's there's a part of her that's ready to do it. Like she steps up when she needs to. And the back and forth between her parents, uh, her dad being the, the current cleric. Those are all really good interactions, and I like to see them talk about the political side of stuff because, one, he's stepping down, so it's time for her to step up, but also she's bringing in new perspectives and ideas that might actually make a good difference in their area, Ezra, you know, whatever you, whatever that... Is that continent? What, what, what is it's, it? Yeah, continent, okay. kingdom, nation, peninsula. Okay, but yeah, like she's bringing this, this new outlook, which obviously scares a lot of... of people because it's like oh we even this isn't how we do things but the political climate is like stagnant at this point you know they're just going to summits and it's just like we're just doing this so like people don't show up at our doorstep and try to murder us but they know inevitably it will probably come to that yeah so she has to come in with all that in mind and do something about it to save her people and it's one of those characters you're like yeah she she can own up to that she can rise to the occasion yeah good character as well i appreciate that Mm. But was your favorite character? I don't want to mince words or anything, I but I did. My favorite character. Just, I think I think his favorite is still Kira. But yeah, my favorite character is the Eternal Crown, Dawning of the Red Sun. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that not clear? <laughs> so before I get into mine, and it's not so much my favorite character, but my favorite to write. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody listening. But how did you feel about Kira's twist at the end? Honestly, like I didn't want to. I didn't even want to. I didn't want to. <laughs> Abroached the subject, but man, um, emotions were felt. I was like, stakes were high. I was like, you, you, <laughs> you dirty son of a gun! Don't you do what I think you're gonna do? Yeah, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> and like, that could be anything. But like, I was just sitting there, like the last, like for a good five page stretch, I was just like on on the edge of my seat reading, and I was like, how's he gonna turn this one around? Yeah, he's not gonna do what I think he's gonna do. Is it? <laughs> man, I bet you that's like a pretty good selling point for people that would want to read it because they're like, man, five pages, and like, man, they're at the end, guys. You're gonna have to read the whole thing to get to those five pages I'm talking about, <laughs> which means you'll have to buy the book at BarnesandNoble.com or on eBooks at 
all the other sites we listed before. Have you set up a stand with just a few copies at, at your local Books A Million? It has lemon, people, lemonade, like, lemonade next to it, too, yeah. for 50 cents. <laughs> sorry, 75 cents. It's the economy. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. Trying to order Mexican food today. It's like $17 for a burrito. I'm sorry. There's just... <laughs> Screw my country. <laughs> all right. So mine... Uh, so my, my favorite character to write uh, does not actually have a lot of airtime, but I thoroughly enjoyed Ecor. It's it's one of those things where like, you know, Kai's great and, uh, you know, he's he's very dark. He's, you know, Lord Kai, Dragon's Dominion, second in command, right? Yeah. Um, second in my heart. <laughs> um, but, you know, Ecor is supposed to be that dark essence that essentially corrupted him. Yeah. And for some reason, I just found it, fun to one write those instances and still have some sort of a a comedic twist between something that is not human and then some you know somebody that is you know really dark character but still has a, a shred of human decency or at least honor you know in in, in terms of his empire yeah. you know he's not going to kill everybody yeah so then you have one one thing that's saying kill everything and then you know kai as dark as he may be as, as, you know, being the main antagonist, essentially still saying, well, why? He only wants you know? to kill everyone sometimes is yeah. what he's trying to tell you. So I, I just, I enjoyed writing him and then Ashley actually enjoys Ikor too. I think it's a tie for her between Kira and Ikor, but she enjoys Ikor because of the, the potential for, you know, some of that, that comedic tension. It's, it's like you find comedy in, the least expectant place, you know, like you expect Ikor and Kai to be all gloom and doom. And then somehow, I mean, I, I don't know if it's just me. I got a smile out of it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if, you know, I'm just twisted or it's right after you wrote about the third time someone kicked a puppy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, I mean, that's, that's my favorite one to write. He didn't get a lot of airtime in this book, but he, he's a pretty big component of the entire story. But I think it works better in that way to have because, like I said, that that those two characters together, like they just feel like they're they're just so mysterious. Even after getting as far in the book as you have, mm-hmm. but that works for that character because you're like, well, I just want to see more of this guy, and I imagine you know things go, you will, and it, I don't know. It's the mystery, you know, with a character like that, especially with them being as like devious and kind of unpredictable as they are. And so, yeah, I, I think it was a good balance um, bringing that character in because when that character first shows up and you kind of get more of them, you're like, oh, is this too much? Like, are, we've already got the twins. We've already got Myra. We've already got all this stuff going on. But then you just sprinkle them in at like just really opportune points. Like there's a there's an instance with Kai and Igor where the, we haven't heard from them in a while and they just show up out of nowhere and just stuff happens. And I think that's probably one of my favorite sequences in the book just because of how unsettling and unexpected it, it was to happen. Yeah. So well well done. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Good job too, Higgins. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm gonna say you wanna do our review? Yeah, I, I think we're in a like, like we don't want to go into everything, obviously. Yeah. You need to read the book. Yeah guys, buy the book, read the book. Oh buy the book. Yeah, then read the book. Buy that's the book, good. then read the book. Yeah, that's good. I like that. I like that. People maybe should do that buy, more often. Maybe buy it online and in person. That way in case you're not near your book, you can read it on your phone. Maybe you find it in your local Barnes and Noble. You read all of it that day because you're like, Mom dropped me off. I got nothing to do, but then you still gotta buy it because well, that's that's stealing. 
Well, no, you don't buy them. You just <laughs> no. leave like a dollar in there, you know, like as a tip. Oh, for the next. Then person. Michael comes in the bookstore as he does every weekend. And oh then my he god, checks it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I enjoy you know telling stories overall, but you know support helps. You know everything that uh, you know. I don't, not just you know purchasing the books, but one of the things that I encourage is reviews like this. You know, leave review. a review on BarnesandNoble.com. Yeah, so I'm not gonna say that I did it. But <laughs> wink, wink, nod, nod. You know, there's a review on BarnesandNoble.com now. You know, even even if it's bad, it's still constructive criticism. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. like I, I enjoy any type of support. Um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where I put it out to the world for enjoyment, not really for any any sort of benefit. So, um, you know, if you want to buy the book, great, read it. Um, Michael if, already did it, it's right. Yeah. Here. If you want to borrow the book from somebody, great. This guy. review. You know, so. If you want to borrow the book from somebody, screw you and buy the, just buy no. the damn book. Oh my God. Just buy the damn book, guys. <laughs> if you give him money, he'll give us more money. I might, I might have to hire you as a salesman, but yeah. You know. <laughs> um, 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 you seem very sparingly. <laughs> I'm only good in quick doses. <laughs> um, 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 so I just thought about the fact that like you wrote the book. So if you gave a review of your own book, you'd kind of sound like an ass. <laughs> so we're going to give a review of your book. As we do, and we I have want no shame. And then I want you to give us a review about how we asked you about your book, because I feel like that's all right. I feel like that'd be good. That way, we get both of our egos, you know, hoisted up. All right. Why'd you point at your penis when you said that? Because that's that's how down it was. <laughs> when I, well, you yeah. said it when you said ego. So just... yeah, <laughs> the man, the myth, the ego. Oh my god! All right. Well, what's your review for this book, Higgins? Um, ooh, that's a good question. Maybe I should have thought of that. Like seven fireballs coming towards a bad, bad dude. Out of like, I don't know, eight (laughs) fireballs, maybe, maybe eight and a half fireballs, seven on eight and a half fireballs. I didn't really think about the number. I just, it's a, it was a good book guys. Like I really, I really enjoyed myself the whole time. I did as well. Uh, For that reason, my review, uh, try and top that somehow. I don't know how, but uh, I think I'll take a certain sword and drive it through the heart of a certain dragon-like creature. Uh, if you want to know what I'm talking about, you read this book, you find out. Yeah. I bet they really want to read this goddamn book. One <laughs> <laughs> well, thing is they can. Now they do. Now they yeah. can. <laughs> they can order it through Michael's site, which is in the link of this zero podcast zero eight studioscom mm-hmm. in case you can't read. Yeah. And if you can't read, that's fine. You you look, I'll, I'll, I'll put a link right there. You're like, oh, that's a different color than the rest of the text. What's that? Click on it. It takes you to Michael's site. You buy the book right there. Buy the book anyways. Maybe you'll learn how to read afterwards. Exactly. If not, it's got pictures in it. It's yeah. fine. You get all the context you need. All good reviews. And what do you want him to review exactly? He, I wanted him to review us reviewing him. Well, Higgins, he already reviewed us. We haven't actually mentioned this. I'll just give a quick little, like, shouts out to uh, to us from you. Um, you mentioned us in your book. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know that until I started reading it. Higgins looks like he just realized it. No, I did read <laughs> it, but it was, like, at the beginning of when I read it. Because I started this book, like... I don't know, close to a month ago. Like, I know, guys, shocking, but I finished it yesterday. Yeah. Well, either way, like, big thank you for that. No, yeah, no big, worries. Big shouts out. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's part of the acknowledgements. As far as the review goes, uh, one, surprising, because I didn't, I, I expected the questions, not the thorough analysis. And I think you guys have nailed it um, far more than anybody else that I've talked to, obviously, except Ashley, since, you know, she's part of the, yeah, the creating part. But. Definitely more than your wife, because she's probably still on page five. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm Maybe not gonna- 10. I'm not going to bury my own, myself in that. So, 
I'm just kidding. Um, we love you, Aaron. So yeah, no, I appreciate the the analysis there. I think you guys got the the characters down to a to a T. I will say that you know I hoped you 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 enjoyed the book enough to continue the series because the second one is is in progress, uh, and there's a, there's a lot more than just these characters working. You know, each of if you guys remember, there's a map in I the can't front. Wait to meet Craig. Yeah, there's no Craig and Craig, uh, but there's a, there's a map. <laughs> yeah, there's a map. I might I might put that in there honestly. There's a map at the front, and each of those cities, each of those places has uh, an impact in the story. So. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot more to come and I, I really, really, you know, there's uh, mysterious people up in the North that I read about a couple of times that I'm interested to hear about. Yeah. No, I, I really do appreciate it. And if I had to give a rating, I'm probably three mics out of three mics. Nice. That's how many mics we have here. Wow. <laughs> a perfect score. Excellent. Yeah. What are you guys doing? Not telling other people to listen to us is all I have to say. <laughs> Very so, good. Well, congratulations to you on writing this and coming out with it where people can pick it up and read it. And yeah. congratulations to uh, to Ashley as well. Really good work on both your parts. I'm looking forward to uh, the second book, which is something I haven't said about a book with just words in a really long time. So Yeah, I'm counting down the days. I was itching, itching to hear more about these people. Well, I'll tell you a little bit more about them right now because, as we mentioned earlier, Michael already has a uh, synopsis for the next book in his uh, Eternal Crown. Is it a trilogy? Planned? More I don't know if one? it's a trilogy. Oh, it could be more than trilogy. It could be, it could be a more. quadrilogy. Oh, it's at least going to be two. Or a quintology. It's at least going to be two. Yeah, for sure. Be two, so no, yeah. but I don't know if I'm going to stop at three. Okay, good. Or good. an octology. That's eight, folks. That might be a bit much, but yeah, no, I got gotcha. you. He's doing at least eight of them, guys. <laughs> I'm expecting nine. <laughs> Comes out with all eight in like a nice box set, and then you put them together, it makes an octagon. But like individually, they're horrible to read. And then I don't know how you say Cimmerillion in this universe, but I expect that too. I think you just said it. In this universe? Cimmerillion? Oh. <laughs> it's Lord of the Rings stuff. Andy would know. He would. Uh, hey, Andy. Because I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you something you're going to need to know. And that's uh, the next book is called The Eternal Crown Trials of the Clergy. And in this book, Myra and Korra set off in an attempt to heal a broken Ezra. Little do they know that their journey is all part of a sinister plot. Will Myra's trials prepare for what comes next? Will Koro succeed where his father failed? And what if Kira? Keep an eye out for this next title. Something well, big is coming. Snoop. And I'm not talking about what Higgins are the answers? Ego. What are the answers to those questions? I don't know. It's all in the book. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look forward to that. Um, I think as far as right now, what is that on track to? What do you hope to get that one out? I don't know. I know you don't want to like commit because things happen, obviously. And the, the there's a there's a countdown. There's multiple countdown timers on my site for the projects. And those projects are, or those timers are supposed to show uh, publishing dates. So that's including writing, including editing and illustration. My hope is to get it out. I think it's like just shy of a year, right? It's just shy of a year because I still got my day job and you know I'm a family yeah. man now. So, hmm. um, but we can uh, fix that. No, please don't. I mean, we can babysit. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, Jeez. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. <laughs> um. So. I think the timers right now is at 250, 251, something like that, days. Okay. Um, and then uh, the next one after that, which is called The Icarus Project, um, is in the 300s. And then the, the other book, uh, which is called Providence, um, is in the 500s. Excellent. I think. So a book about the sun and a book about Rhode Island. I'm kind of excited. What? <laughs> Isn't Providence their capital of Rhode Island? You know, you may be. Yeah, I think you're right. But I don't think that was the intention. <laughs> you know, Providence, an act of God. 
So, yeah. yeah. In, hey, Rhode man, no, no. in Rhode Island. In Rhode Island, yes, Rhode no. Island. But yeah, so I think that's that's where it's at. And then as far as the actual uh, story, I'm hoping to get it. I, I didn't really follow the traditional format of, you know, intro, climax, end for this book, but I'm hoping to follow it with intro, climax, end in the actual books. Okay. Well. So Yeah, he, he actually yeah. did end, intro, climax on this one, guys. You have to wipe that. Yeah, up something later. like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's just uh, I don't know. It's it's debut stuff, but it's also you know me trying something new, see if it works. And from what I hear, not just from y'all, but uh, from other people that have read it, it, it seemed to work pretty well. So I'm pretty happy with it. Excellent. You should be. Yeah. Everyone should be happy because we read it and we talked about it. And that's we read great. it. Yeah. And like a relatively small amount of time, because I'll tell you right now, folks, I did not touch this book before we record before we released our last podcast so which is maybe a month ago less than a month ago at this at this rate exactly good Um, job and it'll probably be a month in between this and our next podcast i would assume which i've got a book for that yeah you want to tell them what it is i I can uh, make sure we've we've wrapped up everything uh obviously michael he has his things in the works that we just talked about if any of that changes or or is updated you and i will talk about it on this podcast together at the same time Yeah, yeah yeah um so we're, we're both looking forward to that, and you should be too, person who's listening. Now, as far as what we're going to do next month, I think we're gonna, we'll cut the segment that we normally do after. A book oh, yeah, review. I was going to say, no, um, no, 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 no reading for squares. Today. Yeah. S- sat here. That's um, sad. That's fine. I've got <laughs> That stuff. was pretty good, though, right? That, that was good, yeah. <laughs> that was good. Tell them it was good. It was good. Good. All right. Um, now you guys. I'll wait. But I... I <laughs> Now you have to leave a review saying good job. Okay. <laughs> leave a review for uh, for Michael's book and all the places you can do it. Buy the book, read the book, uh, listen to this if if you haven't already. I assume you have. Listen to it again. Um, listen to the thirty seven prior ones. Exactly. Come back for the thirty ninth one. Is that right? Thirty ninth one. Thirty ninth one's the Episode next one. Thirty nine. Uh, I picked a book because um, we haven't. We it's it's ridiculous the amount of Spider Man we haven't read on this podcast. Yeah, so, we read. I think we've read zero at this point. Zero Spider-Man. Zero Spider-Man. So I want to like make up for that in a big way, and that's why we're going to read um, the entirety of Spider-Man Life Story and talk about that next month. Spider-Man's Life Story? Mm-hmm. That's probably pretty long, right? No, no. So it's, it's I don't know, it's maybe like seven, eight issues, basically. Oh, that's, um, that's doable. But bas- Much it, shorter than a 250-page book. That's, that's not like a jab at you <laughs> we, that's a good link for that book by the way just, yeah. just quickly saying that um, yeah Spider-Man Life Story is going to be a good one I think because it's basically each issue is a different decade in Spider-Man's history and he ages in real time and the events that happen in each issue are the events that happened in the comics in that decade so like Gwen Stacy being killed. That's going to be pretty early on because that happened what? In, in like the 60s. You, you saw it, the Andrew Garfield thing. He dropped her. He, it was a whoop. Uh, he mm-hmm. whoopsed it. But, I saw the Legos one where they did it too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so it's going to be like that. It's going to go through all the greatest hits of Spider-Man in his history. You're going to see the black suit. You're going to see him fight a Green Goblin. You're going to see him fight a Doc Ock. You're going to see Doc Ock marry Aunt May. But it's spread over like a lifetime of this what? particular... God, that one's <laughs> one that I have not heard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, actually, what? Yeah, no. <laughs> That's a real thing. Um... But yeah, and it's fun because it doesn't matter. It, it it does all these events, but it doesn't it in its own contained history in this book. It's really good. I've already read it, but I want to read it and talk about it. So, hey man, that sounds fine by me. Mm-hmm. So good, good stuff, good stuff. Everyone I'll pick read the book that. next week, next month. You sorry, pick, you'll pick a book eventually. Well, the month after this next month. Higgins, you pick Ghost World, and I'm still just 
reeling after that one. I'm like, I wasn't emotionally handled to talk about that. Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, like I got, <laughs> I just got books on books on my shelf yeah. that I haven't even read. Not one time. So that's all right. We'll they're read itching it. to be recorded about. Good, good. Keep it. Hold on to those. I will. And we'll talk about those on my bookshelf. On, we'll talk about your bookshelf later. And we're going to let Michael go. We'll let everyone else go. And we'll see you guys next month. Um, before I let you go, go Higgins is going to say things really quickly and then we'll be done. Yeah. I'm going to clean up shop. Everybody. Uh, you can, uh, talk to us at our respective social medias. Uh, you can find me at Mike Higgins 93 at the Twitter and Jsterm 93 on Instagram. And you can find Snoop at both of those things at Snoop underscore Lynch. And you can find Michael at some things if he wants to be found uh, besides his website. Well, yeah, you can find me on the website 0-0-8studios or you can uh, shoot me a quick email at michael.lopez at 0-0-8studios.com. So, just so dang easy. Yep. And uh, you can shoot us an email. You can just ask us anything, guys. You can ask us what, my, what underwear we're wearing at the time. I'll, I'll tell you. I have no shame. But really, we want you to talk to us about comic books and Michael's book. Or anything that you want us to look at. Maybe we talk about it in our other segment. Like, honestly, just talk to us about anything. Uh, you can find it at comicsologyclub at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, shoot us shoot us an email. Do all that things. Mm-hmm. And reviews. then, uh, yeah, leave reviews review, at yeah. all of the places you can. I think iTunes is, like, the main one. And ratings and reviews there. And you can leave a rating on Spotify now. So do that if you listen to us there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is all of the things. Um, we talked about Michael's site enough. He's done now. He did. He gets no more. Thank you to Don Julio <laughs> Reposada Tequila for sponsoring this episode. It was a real treat. Um, and with that, I'll say, um, you want me to say something first and then Michael. Yeah, I was just doing a I... long pause until you said your thing so okay, I could well, think about my thing. Well, I guess let me say to you and Michael, uh, thank you both for being here. Michael more so because he's normally not here, so that's good. But um, thank you, Higgins, not to take away from that. Um, I'll say cheers, guys, to everyone else because that's what I say. Michael, say something. Hi, Mom. It's good. We didn't mention her. <laughs> I'm glad we fit that in. Uh, and I'll say this sun has risen, but this podcast is now set. <laughs>